0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Gosh, that was so good. Can we just thank the worship team one more time? Am I okay there? Too close? Good? Don't come any closer is that what you're telling me. We are Facebook living, so I just want to say hello to our Facebook. Audience, uh, especially those who are a part of a Heart Church, uh, maybe you've joined Heart Church online because you visit somewhere else or you live somewhere else, and you've kind of been tuning in. We've heard that a lot of, uh, from family members, and so uh, my name is Shane, and we just want to say welcome and Merry Christmas. And for those of you who are right here in Escondido, uh, and maybe those of you who are a part of Heart Church, but for whatever reason uh, couldn't come out, uh, man, we just we, we feel like your family, and. Um, so I just wanna, I, I want to extend from my wife and I and our whole church family here. Come on, let's let, let's let them hear that we love them. We love you and we're praying for you. So for the rest of us, um, man, how many of you guys were here in this parking lot yesterday morning? Was that not incredible? Come on! Come no, on! Oh seriously though. It was amazing. So for those of you who couldn't make it or didn't know what we were doing yesterday in the parking lot, we had an outreach and we've been talking about it and we're kind of like, yeah, we're going to have some tents and we're going to give away some stuff and we're going to, you know, do our best. And we've been, you know, people have been bringing clothes and food and toys and we're going to give it away. And, you know, we're going to kind of stage it out here. And sounds like we were going to wing it, which a little bit, we, we just, we wing it. Um, it was our first one, first Christmas outreach. And we're like, yeah, it's going to be cool. And then Derek with Gems and Loans, which is a a thriving business that employs half the church, nevertheless. um, And they decide, hey, we want to be generous, too. And they donated, like, I think, $20,000 worth of, of food and clothes, like new stuff, amazing stuff, not leftovers. And so we spend like three hours staging it, Fernando and perla and their whole family have been working for weeks to coordinate this joe and estella if you guys are watching online we're praying for you and joe you're a huge part of this i know you visited yesterday and uh man like you are here in spirit but there's just this army of people right and lo and behold like 500 people come the line was literally down the street for hours of people trying to get in And here's the thing in the middle of it. There's this there's this tension, right? You don't want to to run out and and then have to tell people sorry We don't have anything for you, but at the same time You don't want to take truckloads of stuff home either because there wasn't enough people So it's like there's this perfect tension or balance that you want to get and we were praying from the very beginning God multiply our fish and loaves to be just perfect and I can tell you that as the line shrunk you know, at one o'clock after we had served about 500 people, there were just a few people left. And lo and behold, everything was gone and everyone took home something. Yeah. We didn't have to tell one person, hey, sorry, we're out. I mean, as if we planned it, right? God plans. We do our very best. But I just want to say this. That's the church. And we got to bless so many people and you all were a huge part of that, whether you were here or you were just praying or donating. Thank you so much. By the way, um, if you're new to heart church, this is not normal for heart church. I mean, I mean, Ed normally dresses like, you know, he's secretly in the mafia, but it's fine. No, he normally dresses really nice. I don't dress like this except for twice a year. Easter, and Christmas, and this is our Christmas service. So we were gonna do a Christmas Eve service, which typically we would do, but um, we can't be indoors for um, a variety of reasons. One being COVID, we wanna honor that and what's going on in our city right now. But in addition to that, we were actually remodeling our space. And so if you were to go up there, you'd be like, what? It's like totally different. It's not done, but it's different. We've raised the ceiling, we blew out a wall. And uh, you're going to be blown away. So in January, when we have our first service, whether it be on the 3rd or the 13th, still working that out based on COVID and the space. But either way, first part of January, we're going to have our first grand opening service in our space. And you guys are going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Okay, I'm excited. Anybody? Anybody with me? Yes. So that being said, this is our our last service for the year. Um, Because, like I said, Christmas Eve wouldn't have worked out um, in the dark parking lot and we're taking the Sunday after Christmas off to just bless our volunteers. It takes a lot of volunteers to pull this off and we want them to be to be able to celebrate um, Christmas with their family. And so um, we love you. And I may do like a Facebook post or something, but we love you. You guys have an awesome Christmas and this is our Christmas service. So that being said, open up to Philippians chapter three and we're going to start in verse seven but before i do kids i recognize that you're here with us and we love that you're here with us and um i have a question for you and i want to see if the kids can answer anyone know which is the constellation leo the star constellation leo any kids studying that caleb you're not studying that in class right now come on leo yes it's the lion right Isn't there a cartoon? It's like Leo the lion. So there's a constellation and it's, it's Leo. And, um, there's an interesting thing about that constellation and in that constellation on any given night, typically the brightest star in the sky is in the constellation Leo. And the star's name is Regulus and astronomers believe that this was the star that guided those wise men that we heard about earlier today. When Adam read that there was wise men in the east, and a, uh, there a lot of people believe that they have may have been astronomers themselves. They were very smart people. They understood and studied the the stars. And so uh, a lot of people believe that that this star in in our constellation Leo was the star that God used to direct those wise men on that day to. Bethlehem There was a there was an, an astronomical anomaly on that night. It wasn't a normal night. That star wasn't just randomly over Bethlehem. God used that star to specifically guide these men because they were searching. And I just want to pause for a minute and go, did any of us do any searching in 2020? I mean, I think we could say I probably searched more this year than ever. Searched for answers, searched for clarity, searched for my way out of the fog. I mean, just to let you in like a little bit of of my my world, when this whole thing started, and I've shared a little bit about this online, like when this whole thing started, I thought, are we going to lose the church? I mean, everybody has said to me, those who have churches, you know, I've got a lot of pastors in the area, and they've all said, this is the first thing they always say. In fact, I had a pastor's wife tell me this on Friday when I was picking up my kids from school and she came out and she said this, and this is pretty much the first thing I hear from every loving, caring pastor or his wife. And that is, man, I sure wouldn't want to be planting a church right now. And they say it with grace and, 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 and care as if to say like, how are you doing it? This is, this is a crazy time to be a new church. Because in the midst of like we can't meet in our building, and what are we going to do outside? And are people going to come? And then we're online, and it's just been crazy. In the middle of that, I've been doing a lot of soul searching. Anybody with me? Anybody doing their own searching? Like, how is this all going to turn out? I um, I discovered a tool this time last year, and it's a compass. And I shared a little bit about it for those of you who are here. Raise your hand if you were here for our last year's Christmas service. Yeah, a few of us. That's cool. How many new people do we have? I love that. So um, I, wanna, I wanna introduce you to the compass. Um, I, I went to Amazon and I said, Amazon, I need one compass per family. And they said, all we'll give you is 40. So I got 40 compasses. So go ahead and reach under your seat. And every family, if you came by yourself, then you get one. Uh, Every family or every single gets a compass. My gift to you. I've got um, five other compasses up here. So if you don't have one or your family unit does not have one, please raise your hand. And um, Eric is going to deliver those right there. Go ahead and open this compass. And we're going to learn together how to use a compass. So some of you were in boy scouts. I recognize that or girl scouts and, um, and, and smarter than I was a year ago. And so you're looking at this thing and you're looking at the dial and you're looking at the arrow and everything. And and this just thing just totally makes sense to you. I looked at it and I went, I I think I know how it works and how I thought it worked was totally not how it worked. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, about the guiding light in our life and how he leads us this Christmas through the things in our life. And if, listen, especially this being the last service of the year, there's no better time for us than to recalibrate our life. 2020 is in the rear view. 2020 is in the rear view mirror. Thank you, Jesus. The future is bright. And in the midst of that, baby Jesus on this day presents itself with an incredible opportunity to recalibrate our life through the searching of our life. And I want to introduce you to a guy named Paul. And many of you know about this man named Paul. And he wrote a lot of the New Testament. And he shares with us some clarity that he had in his life. There was extraordinary clarity in a time when no one should have clarity. Paul found himself in prison. And at this time in his life, based on the letters he was writing in Philippians to the Philippian church from jail, he was indicating that he thought his death was imminent. He wrote things like, for me to die is Christ. I mean, for me to die is gain. Listen, I'm suffering in here, and I don't know how much more time that I have on this earth. He found himself in a perplexing place. And yet in the midst of that place, he found extraordinary clarity. And I want to read about that clarity in Philippians chapter 3. And I want to invite you with me if you have your Bible or if you have your phone, if not I'll read it along. It says in verse 7. This is Paul talking. I once thought that all these things were so very important. Anybody um can look back on 2020 and look at think about a few things that like maybe seemed pretty important before 2020, and now you're like, wow, in the grand scheme of things, when you're struggling to get toilet paper, what I was worried about before really isn't all that important, right? In the midst of having a loved one in the hospital and not knowing how it's gonna turn out, the things I was worried about before pales in comparison. The things that I thought were so important But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've discarded everything else, counting it all as rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And as a result, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Amen. Verse 12, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or I'm already perfected, but I keep working toward that day. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am not all that I should be. Amen. Come on. We're not all that we should be Lamont. You know what I'm talking about? We ain't there. But I am focusing all of my energies. Everyone say all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have for these next few moments to dive in and find extraordinary clarity that you gave Paul. Lord, that we look to you as the guiding light as the wise men did to lead us out and lead us through. And so on this day, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, as we celebrate the end of a year and the beginning of a year, Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit that you would come and you would give us that same extraordinary clarity in our life. Lord, that we would no longer look to the past, but that we would see a bright new future towards the upward call of God. Those things that are not important or shouldn't be important, God, that we, they would fall to the wayside and we would be able to single out the things that are important. And we thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. I'm just going to talk a few minutes from this little compass. I want you to get it out. And uh, the first idea is when looking at a compass, you have to understand what true north is. And I've mentioned this before, but in this context and what Paul's talking about, I really want you to understand what true north means as it relates to a magnet and as it relates to a compass. Now we know that a compass works like a magnet and kids, um, if you ever get lost in the woods, then, uh, you know, these things are going to be really important if you have a compass and that is you have to know the difference between true north and magnetic north. See, the, the earth is made of like magnetic vault lava, right? And we know that in a compass, that the little, the little uh, guide, it always directs towards magnetic north. And magnetic north is different depending on where you are. So if you're on the east coast, magnetic north is left. It's, a, it's like in the middle of the country. If you're on the west coast, it's right. Because magnetic north kind of goes like a, like a bow through the middle of the country. And what that means is that if you set your compass towards north, and you don't know about magnetic north, then the problem is you're not going to move this dial. And if you don't move the dial, I promise you, you will not end up where you want to be because of magnetic north. True north says, I know how to move the dial correctly to be where I want to be because otherwise there's a drift. Tell your neighbor there's a drift in this world. There is a drift. There is a magnetic North that will lead you wherever the world is headed. And I can tell you, and listen, you know, maybe I'm all alone here, but I believe this year, magnetic North leads us towards anxiety, anxiety, anybody? Leads us to confusion. Like what in the world is going to, leads us to doubt, leads us to fear. If we give into those things, we're giving into just the way that the world will lead you and I. And going into this new year, we have to understand that it is so important that we calibrate our life towards magnetic north. So that means that we, listen, if you're in, if you're in California, you have to turn that down. Go ahead and turn it with me. Positive 11. So just between the N and the twenty, call it ten. Now you're going to be dialed towards true north, and I love that because the apostle said Paul. He, he want listen. He he understood the secret to hidden clarity. He understood the secret to all that is, is going on in the world. I, I used to be a surfer, anybody? I'm gonna live in San Diego and occasionally surfing. I like golf now, but five years ago I used to surf. And um, and I remember um, we moved down from Northern California and, uh, and, and I had recently just got here. And, and so I went out, one of the first times I had been surfing since high school. And I put my wetsuit on and I went with a couple buddies and it was like a really, really big day of surf. And I remember specifically the guy saying, like, wow, it looks pretty gnarly out there. And, and for us, that means a really hard paddle, right? And I'm like, you know what? I got this. And my, my buddies are like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, like, the, are you sure you want to go out? You haven't been in a long time. Are you sure? Like, it looks pretty dangerous. And I'm like, listen, I got this. I got this. And, and anytime in life, you're just like, I'm just going to grip my teeth in. I got this. And, and, and I paddled and I paddled and I paddled and I made it through all the way through the surf line. And I actually got out there to like the regular surf, right? So I catch a wave, my first wave, I'm super stoked. All my other buddies, like they tried to get out and they're like, ah, it's not worth it. And they're sitting on, they're on the, they're on the shore. So I catch a wave, a decent wave, and I'm doing pretty good. And then, and then I fall. And as soon as I fall, the wave comes over me. And as soon as I go under the water, there was an undertow that was so gnarly that it literally sucked me under and then I just started tumbling. I don't know if you've ever been underwater tumbling, but it is the worst thing ever, especially when the water's like 45 degrees and you know, luckily you've got your board tied onto your leg. But I mean, I was tumbling, I don't know how long I was under there, but I literally it was the, it was the closest that I have ever been to thinking I'm going to drown. I actually had the thought in my mind, I'm going to drown. What I didn't understand is that there was something under the surface. And, and I think that a lot of times in life when we're trying to find true north, we use these eyes and we go, you know what? The surf might be a little high and it might be a little tough, but I can power through this. I'm good. Anybody in in, in this year thought, you know what, I'm good. I can make it through this if I just put in a little bit more work. If I just grip my teeth and I just make it happen. But what we fail to see is there's something under the surface. And what Paul was highlighting is, listen, there is a hidden wisdom. There is a higher plane to live on. But you have to be willing to look under the surface and go, okay, God, what's really going on here? And how do I find my true north based on the heavenly wisdom and heavenly eyes? And this is what Paul had And finding true north is so important. The second thing that we see is keep the red in the shed. So everybody look at your compass. And you see that like, uh, like red thing in the middle of the, the circle? You with me? That red thing, that's called the red in the shed. If you Google compass... Red in the shed is actually a term. So here's the thing. When you're moving this thing around, in order for you to go north, you have to move the compass. So now, right there, that's true north. I dialed it, I found true north, and then if I walk this way, the red dial is not in the shed. In fact, it's the opposite. If I move this way, The red is literally in the shed. Look at that. It's towards Heather. Oh, you're true north. You're my true north. Wow. This is what Paul says in the verse that we read. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, that I may know him and experience the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Man, they are rocking over there. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Having some Christmas. In our efforts to move forward, to overcome obstacles, we take on so much. I mean, we we load our shoulders full of stuff to move our life forward. And Paul found the secret. I no longer count on my own righteousness. I no longer count on my own ability to work and to make it happen. There has to come a point. And what I love about the, the reading of this scripture is it says, rather I. I become righteous through faith in Christ listen to this that I might know knowing Christ experiencing him starts when we say listen I can't get there on my own I can't get there based on my own works and my own good deeds I can't get there knowing him and experiencing the transformational power of the cross comes when we say I can't bridge this gap Jesus I need you. And I was just thinking about this cause like this is, this is like the essence of Christianity and we hear it a lot. Jesus, we need you. We need the cross, but I want to show you practically how this works itself out in our everyday life. There has to come a point daily where we say, I don't have enough. Yeah. I can tell you, and I had this moment when I was preparing my sermon last night, five o'clock I'm at the end of myself. Be a long day, and I have my computer open and I'm looking at my notes, and I'm saying it's not enough. It's not enough. And I can promise you, every single week I've got my notes out, and every single week I come to that moment where it's kind of done. Like I don't know that there's anything else I can add to this piece of paper or this document to make it any better. And yet I feel like it's not enough. Anybody? Is there anybody here today that would say, I come to the end of myself and I go, that is my very best. And it's not enough. It's not enough. And listen as we as we calibrate our life today it's not enough to just say okay God like I'm going to I'm going to calibrate my life according to your word I'm not going to go with the way of the world I'm not going to just go along with the flow because if I do I know I'll, I'll I'll end up in the arctic I'll end up somewhere I don't want to be because of the way of the world is fear and anxiety and doubt and that will motivate and it'll affect everything about you but it's not enough for that because we know that every day we got to come to the cross. Jesus, you did it. You accomplished it. And it's not a one-time thing. And so I can get to heaven. Although salvation, yeah, it's done. It's sealed. It's finished. But then every day I get to come to the cross once again. And I can say, Jesus, what I can't finish, you finish. What I cannot do to transform this body this on the inside, God, I got stuff in there that needs to transform and I can't do it. I come to my finances. I come to my relationships. God, I come to the end. And this is where Paul said, listen, I have stopped relying on my ability to do it. And in that moment, I meet not only this connection and this relationship with Jesus, but I re- I connect with the power and resurrection power of Christ. This is the moment when we keep the red in the shed Paul said I die daily I die daily I wish I knew what they were singing it'd be awesome as we walk through life with this compass I don't want you to miss this as we walk through life with this compass God I I want to find my way I want to find my way for the sake of my family I want to find my way for the sake of my own soul and my own peace of mind. God, I I want to follow you in a world that's more and more not following you. And in the midst of that, it's so important that we recognize that it's a daily adjustment. You can't just set it. All right, that's true north. All right, we're good. Well, that's fine between here and the building. But... If I keep walking for miles and miles and miles and I don't look at this thing, I'm going to be like, I'm going to end up in Missouri. I thought of Missouri because of you, Phil. Um, I got to keep calibrating. I got to keep that red in the shed. I got to keep reminding myself. I got to keep telling myself, listen, this is not on me. It's not on me to just do it, to just be better. It's a reliance. It's a dying daily to self. It's a dying daily to my ability to do it and saying, God, I thank you that you are enough for me. You're enough for me. And God, when I come to the end of myself, and this is not enough, God, I need you to touch it. And this is what happens at the cross. This is what happens in moments when we're in our companies or we're with our family and we need the Lord. Then we say, God, we give you what we have. I need you to touch it. Come on. Anybody with me? Come on. Come on. Let's say that under our breath. God, I need you to touch it. I need you to breathe on it. I need you to breathe your resurrection power into this thing. I need you to connect me with you in an intimate way, because otherwise this is just religion. And God, there's more. There's more God. And so I press into that daily. Oh, this is good in the midst of some powerful Hispanic worship music. Come on, somebody. Okay. woo! Last one. And this is my favorite one. We talked about calibrating our life with this little dial. We got to know magnetic north and true north. We talked about moving this at a daily, daily to keep that red in the shed keep my life hidden with christ in god god it's your resurrection power and not my own that's how this whole thing becomes supernatural our lives are supernatural we don't rely on this physical life down here but daily we say god there is a there is something at work under the surface that's so much more powerful than i have on my own and lastly there's a little arrow at the tip of your compass and that arrow has got to be pointed forward. You can do everything you want to follow everything perfectly on this compass. But if you make one small error and that is you accidentally point it toward you or toward your past, come on on, somebody toward your past, then you will be going in the opposite direction, 180 degrees the wrong way. And I love this about Paul because he found extraordinary clarity even though his circumstances said, my life is over. Oh, by the way, I'm in prison and they're threatening to kill me. Yeah, that's kind of dead end at this point. And yet in the midst of that, he has the clarity to say these words. Brethren, I don't count my life To have apprehended or or gained it or earned it but one thing i do forgetting those things that are behind come on forgetting those things that are behind forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward towards those things that are ahead i press forward towards the goal of the upward call of god in christ jesus see this is what we do when we point that arrow forward is it's like saying, God, I thank you that you have a promised future for me. Listen, it does no good to dwell on your past. Everyone's got a past. Join the club. That's what the resurrection power of Jesus is. That old past is buried. It's buried. And we race to newness of life. And you pointing that arrow forward is a daily reminder that I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm pressing forward and on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I love what's amazing about this star that we started this whole thing with, this regular star. What's amazing about it is not how bright it is, although it's the brightest star in the sky. But what's amazing about this star is how far away it is. The regular star is 79 light years away. Just in case you can't do quick math in your head, light moves at 186,000 miles a second, which makes Regulus 992 trillion miles away. So here's Regulus over here, and it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta lead these, these wise men, and God's like speaking to the star because he could do that because he's God and he holds them in his hand and he oh by the way he flung them anyway so he can control them and he says Regulus I need you to do me a favor there's these guys down here and I need you to guide them and lead them because they are searching and they need to find me and they need to tell the whole world that they found me and offer their gifts as worship and so Regulus he says alright I gotta send a light and this light's gotta reach them and so Regulus, 79 years earlier, sends a light so that that light, the light that those wise men saw that day, so that they can see what God sent them as a gift. And so Regulus goes, all right, 79 years earlier, I'm going to start sending my light to them long before mary and joseph were even born long before the wise men had a thought or an inkling that they may one day be searching and i can tell you what you and i are no different long before we have even thought about needing god Long before we loved him or looked to him, he sent his son after you. And so that star and that arrow and that little star of Bethlehem that we have on the top of every tree, it represents something. It represents long before you ever thought about God. He was thinking about you. He had a plan for you. He sent Jesus to save you and to guide you. And it has nothing to do with you it has nothing to do with your past or your present so the the spotlight of your life it's not shining on your failures it's not shining on your insufficiencies it's shining on the goodness of god it is shining on the promised path forward and the bible says that before the foundations of the world he chose you he chose you But he didn't just send his son long before he sent his son. He was thinking about you. And he said, I'm going to send my son. So listen, we get bogged down with our little world and everything else. And we get so stuck in looking at the rearview mirror and thinking that that matters. And God's saying, listen, point that arrow forward and believe God for this incredible promised future. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And I just want to give an opportunity as we are serenaded by this incredible band. I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and maybe you feel like you feel like you've had a hard time finding that star. Maybe you've been navigating some dark waters or, fear and anxiety and you just want to drive a stake in the ground today and say i recognize today in this moment jesus you did send a star you send a light to me and god i want to recognize that you are the light and you are leading me forward if you're here today and you've never ever accepted jesus christ to be your lord and savior or Maybe you've been a long way off and you just like to say yes to him again. I don't want to leave this place before we give an opportunity for you to say, man, I'm, I'm ready to recognize and accept the guiding light in my life. And no one look around. We just lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, I want to recognize in this moment, the guiding light. Amen. 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 I see those hands. Anybody else? Online, I recognize that you're sitting in your living room and come on, just go ahead and lift up your hand wherever you are. God, I want to pray right now for these amazing people. God, I want to pray for every single one of us as you have sent your son long before we ever thought about you. And Jesus, we just want to say yes to your birth, to your death and your resurrection. And God, I thank you that because of that, we can live the promised future you have given for us. Will you pray this prayer after me? Everybody just in unison, come on, let's just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I make you Lord and Savior. I recognize today that apart from you, I am a sinner. Wash me clean and I will be brand new in Jesus name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming today. Uh, As I said, uh, we're going to be meet, meeting once again in our new facility in January. We'll make sure we get the word out in social media and and all uh, emails and texts. But have an awesome Christmas, and we'll see you again next year. God bless you.